Welcome to Days of Update for July 11th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. I'm Brandon Perkin. And I'm Dan Red Victoria. And yeah, we missed a week there because this was the one year every several years where the July 4th hit on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it might not have been a super exciting day, but uh, we decided to take a break. Yeah. And we might end up taking a break next weekend. As I believe I'll be moving, still waiting on finalized details for sure, but uh, that's the plan at the moment. Mm-hmm. So if you don't see a show next weekend, uh, that'll be why. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back uh, for the end of the mo- end of the month, pretty much. Yeah. But for the time being, we got a bunch of news here. We got all of your updates for your subscription services on the consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some news of the next big update for Genshin Impact. Yep. Uh, we got the news on when the first batch of those Final Fantasy Pixel remasters are hitting. Mm-hmm. And the one big flaw coming with that. Uh, yeah. We got a big update coming for our... Was it our game of the year last year? Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah. Yeah. There's a big update coming for it and mm-hmm. upgrade and all this. It's Probably too complicated uh, than it had to be. Should probably simplify that. But uh, we also got a new Switch model. It's not the one everybody expected. Uh, As well as uh, some acquisition news. uh, Some bad news about Ubisoft. And if you had any hope that the Intellivision Amico Mm -hmm. might be okay. uh, We got some uh, interesting news for you. And we'll go over what happened at the state uh, State of Play. Mm-hmm. show that uh, happened earlier this week mm-hmm. that uh, Dan Urban and I streamed. So before we get to all of that, we'll be talking about what we've been playing this week. I will start. Uh, still playing some more Power Wash Simulator. Um, been working my way through that. I just finished a... So they're doing just a lot of weird stuff at this point. Uh, I had a shoe that was basically Mother Hubbard's shoe. House. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which, as you complete parts of it, you get these weird texts. I think one of the ones I saw uh, was a kid saying, or it was from her, the the mother's phone. I uh, was saying, "I'm going poop." Next line, I done it, and you figure out like, oh, one of the kids must have stolen the phone, mm-hmm. uh, and she had something open, and it just started texting gibberish at you. Uh, there's a house that's presented to you like it's a spooky house. Like there's weird drawings on it that uh, you can wash away and all that. And there's like, oh, what's that rumbling? What's mm. going on? And it's like, oh wait, no, that was uh, they turned on the dryer. Uh, this kind of stuff. But you find out these weird markings that you've been washing off. Uh, Arts like creepy, you know, demon markings or whatever. It's just, oh, these are the plumber. Uh, you know, spray painting where water lines are at or whatever. It's like, oh, it's good we wash that off. I hope they already did their thing. Uh, The one I just did was this, like, cottage out in the middle of the forest that uh, they keep talking about how they are not uh, the couple that just robbed a bank and disappeared. Uh, That kind of thing. As you finish, they keep sending you more weird messages 
uh, some neat little stuff uh, there as they're kind of playing around with the the general formats. I did have to buy the soap uh, uh-huh. add-on for the the washer uh, because I did the the old car yeah thing where it's got lots of rust on it, and I had to deal with that. Uh, but that wasn't too bad. Uh, the only annoyance is it's kind of more of a a big circular spray instead of you know anything focused. So you kind of uh, spend a lot of time just hoping that you get enough of the rust off to finish up the the different parts, as well yeah. as just kind of digging around all the the crevices that are on that kind of car. Uh, so that was uh, pretty fun. I've had to use it a little bit, uh, the metal one, to kind of wash off the rust. Yeah. I had that with the the cottage because there's some uh, wooden or uh, metal like latches on the door to attach it to the hinges that mm-hmm. kind of thing uh, as well as some gate stuff as well so some stuff there but uh, I finally got the upgrade to the most powerful washer that I have so far mm-hmm. there's like another tier above it but there's nothing there yet I don't know if that's because they haven't added it yet mm. or if they just haven't unlocked it yet but still working my way through that uh, but been playing uh, some of the Tokyo Olympics 2020 game. Hmm. Uh, and the weird thing is it just released here last month, but it came out in Japan, like November, December of last year. Mm-hmm. So like the announcement of like the Sonic costume is uh, more of like a, Hey, we're adding more stuff to this game that you people have. Uh, but the game itself is pretty fun. Uh, it's, it's not trying to be a sim at all. Uh, you do have button mashy stuff, but it has a lot of like stuff that's kind of more akin to like a kart racing game where uh, as you're, if you're doing like the, the 100 meter, you're kind of see your character, uh, you know, getting down on the, I don't know the thing that they set up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it goes like, you see text on the screen saying set. And if you hold down the left trigger or L2, uh, as that's disappearing, you get this like power boost or speed boost off the line if you let it go at the right time. Uh, you're also trying to hit, you know, the actual go uh, uh, X on that to get the you know the fast start kind of thing. Uh, that thing also has a point where you can kind of get like a boost of extra. Uh, speed, like an adrenaline boost midway through. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, if you do things right, as you play each of the games, uh, it unlocks tips on top of that to give you some of these ideas uh, for extra things that you may not get told right away, which is a little bit weird, uh, especially because if you uh, don't, they don't let you replay games directly after you finish the the session with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to back out to the menus and then pick it again, which is kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. But you do, if you pick like the 100 meters, you go through initial qualifying, you try and finish in the top four, uh, then you do that once more to set the, the final group. Then you go from there and try to you know get the first place mm-hmm. or one of the top three for a medal, which gets progressively harder because you know you're facing more of the best people. Uh, but also for each of the characters, there is a, uh, or for the character you make, there are 
types. There's like speed, power, and tech technical, I think. And there's like two other layers to that, uh, or two other levels that you mm-hmm. have to use points to unlock. It's kind of weird. Just to pay points, which you earn from you know finishing races and competitions and all that. Uh, you have to pay to switch, and it's really kind of annoying because if you're making a character like Powers, the one I started on, I realized what was going on, uh, but. That doesn't work so well in like the races, the foot races, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's better for you know, like the hammer throw, that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, the the races, so you like you can't create loadouts to easily switch between. You have to just go right back into the character creator, uh, get to the specific spot for the types, pay the the five hundred points to switch it, that kind of thing, which is kind of annoying. Because uh, it's they have a lot of stuff to use that those points on. There's costumes, a lot of silly stuff. The Sonic one's unlocked by default. Mm. So you can just uh, make all of your characters, but it's set for each of the race types, mm-hmm. uh, event types. So you have to sit there and go and change it on each one. There is a like copy and paste kind of thing you can mm-hmm. do, but it's from one one spot to the next. It's not like copy to all or paste to all, that kind of thing. But you can have you know different outfits for the different events. So I think all the running ones I have Sonic, and the others I have like an astronaut outfit that I unlocked. You can mix and match the uh, the helmets with the the rest of the costume, mm-hmm. uh, however you want. And they also let you do uh, a variety of body types as well. So you can be uh, bigger, smaller, heavier, lighter, that kind of stuff. It uh, doesn't affect anything as far as the character's abilities. It's just pure aesthetic stuff. So mm-hmm. they do a lot of neat stuff like that. Uh, and they also have like a focus on like online competitions. As like when you go to play individual events, it defaults to online. Mm-hmm. But you can pick level if you want to just do that, uh, which is good. But they also keep surfacing on the menus. Like every 30 minutes, there's some event that they're trying to gather people on to compete at and they have like rankings i guess i haven't done any of that stuff yet uh if you want to see trophies there's a lot of them here uh you can check out i think it's finishing first on each of the events and so like that first qualifying round is pretty easy so you can probably get it on the first or second try Mm -hmm. as well as uh for a variety of other things but uh yeah, that's been pretty good so far. I did pick up from the recent sale, uh, World Rally Championship 9, which is I've seen constantly mentioned as like a PS5 uh, racing game that does a really good job of using the DualSense uh, haptics and all that. And it definitely does a really good job with that stuff. Uh, you get a lot of good haptic feedback on it to... That kind of relates to, you know, uh, when I am on, like, gravel and my cars, my tires are sort of struggling to get grip on there. I can definitely feel, like, it kicking up pebbles, that kind of thing. Uh, And when you're going through uh, different parts of the track, you'll definitely feel it. Uh, The car sort of behaving a little bit differently just through the haptic. Uh, The trigger stuff has some 
some little bit of resistance on there. It's not really anything major, but it's sort of telling you when you've gone up to the next uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, the uh, the different tiers of your uh, gears, that kind of thing. So as you're going up and down the gears, you can sort of feel it. Uh, so it's got a pretty nice feel to it uh, that, you know, some of the other racing games I've played have not necessarily done much of. Uh, so it gives a really nice feel, if, if even if uh, rally racing is not necessarily a style of racing game that I'm a huge fan of. But that's been pretty good. And I've also played the PS5 version of A Plague Tale Innocence. That upgrade is out now. Uh, free for those that own it on PS4, or you can get the PS5 version on PS Plus for this month. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, the upgrade process was pretty good. The importing of saves was a bit weird because uh, I didn't know uh, ahead of time that if you launch the PS5 version uh, before the PS4 version, uh, it creates a save and then doesn't let you upload or download a save from the PS4 version. So I just keep going back and deleting all the saves in the cloud and the, on the console itself for that PS5 version until I got it right. It's real weird. It took me a few tries, uh, but got it going and, you know, does the, does the thing you expect when you start it up. It unlocks all the trophies you've gotten already. And I played a, an extra chapter or two from that. It's not a an upgrade that seems to make a huge difference. It just seems to run at, I think, 60 FPS now. Mm-hmm. And uh, has some pretty good DualSense uh, implementation to it. Mm. Uh, you can definitely feel... Like if, if I was walking into bushes and that kind of thing, it gives you a little bit of uh, a haptic sort of rumble to let you know that you're walking into something. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Uh, nothing really too complicated, but seems like a pretty good upgrade. Just nothing. I don't think there's any even options for you know performance or uh, whatever modes. Uh, it's just it looks a bit better. It runs better. That's about it. Uh, so yeah, that's been it for me. How about you, Brandon? So I've um, haven't really been able to play as much because my PS4's hard drive is failing, and I'm having going to have to replace it. Um, so, for the time being, I'm kind of stuck with my Nintendo Switch. Um, but I've still got stuff I can enjoy on my Switch. Um, recently, I'm reviewing a... Well, I'm currently playing and planning on reviewing a game called The Silver Case. It's a uh, early Suda51 game um, from uh, his, uh, his studio. Uh, it's a uh, adventure visual novel type game, kind of like Snatcher or uh, Police Knots or one of those early, you know, uh, one of those old Kadok Jiba type adventure games. Um, it's basically a detective story where you play, you have two specific kind uh, storylines that you're involved in. One of them, you're playing a... Uh, guy who's part of the heinous crimes unit for this area called the 24 wards uh which is a uh, sort of a mini universe that some of Suda51's other games like uh killer seven all take place in um and uh 
you are sort of trying to deal with the uh, this case called the Silver Case, which has to do with this serial killer named Kamui, who uh, is responsible for several deaths. Um, and it seems to suggest that there's like some weird supernatural stuff that's going on. Um, on top of this, there's another storyline you you're doing uh, about this guy named Tokyo, who is a uh, invest freelance investigative reporter, and he's uh, also uh, involved on the Silver case. He's sort of on the outside looking in. Um, so all of the cases that you do, um, after you finish them, you can then switch over to this guy, and you'll sort of see like the outsider uh, view of the events you just took part in. Um, the game essentially conveys like its story through, you know, your you've got your typical like visual novel stuff, you know, the text boxes with you know character graphics, you know, headshots, that type of thing. Um, then you'll also have stuff like animatics, um, sometimes even full motion video. Um, you will um, whenever there's like uh, movement. For between like one big location to another, you'll get like a roadmap of a particular part of the 24 districts and a green line that's representing the car that you're in. Um, there's also like fully three dimensional animations of like you know your car and stuff and the locations you're going to be. Uh, there's also significant amounts of um, exploration involved. Uh, where you're in a uh, first-person mode through these three-dimensional environments. Um, though it's not... I mean, it's this game was originally a PS1 game, so it's not, like, fully immersive. But, uh, you know, there's a, a bunch of things you can interact with. Computers, you know, books, objects that you can inspect, stuff like that. Um it's definitely compelling. It's also a Suda 51 game, so it's obviously very, very weird. Um, and uh, the other thing I'm playing, of course, is Golf Story, which is a game I got for my Switch some time ago, but never bothered finishing. And I'm just about done with it now. I've literally only got one more thing to do, which is the uh, tournament at the Blue Moon Dunes Golf Course. Problem with that particular area, though, is the Blue Moon Dunes are the hardest course in the game. And if you try to, and it, it's loaded with like ponds and bunkers and, you know, huge stretches of water between, uh, you know, with just islands of course here and there. And the wind changes direction basically every uh, hole that you're in. So. Definitely difficult. I've gotten lucky a couple of times, but I've never been able to successfully complete it. So I'm still very much uh, on that. But uh, other than that, that's basically everything I've been able to play uh, this week. So, uh, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, I've been playing a whole bunch of uh, random stuff, mainly during a 4th of July weekend. I uh, finished uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Awesome game. You know, we talked about it at length a few weeks ago. Um, I also got the Platinum in the game, which was a pretty nice Platinum set. Um, the last trophy I got was a, a rather annoying one, where you have to use what's called the Void Reactor to um, uh, heal enemies uh, with, their, with, with their own fire. So, for example, uh, you actually have to get this other weapon 
um, upgrade it all the way to level five, and then it becomes the void reactor, and then you use it. So the way it, the way it works is um, you hold L two for a shield to appear in front of uh, your lombax, and um, it'll absorb any oncoming fire from any enemies. Uh, the thing is, um, as soon as you absorb like one bullet, you lose like ten percent uh, of its shield, and, and like that that's how. Um, the ammo actually works there. So if you were to absorb ten shots, your your whole thing is gone, and it's 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 kind of a a hard thing to maintain. And making it even harder is the fact that if you upgrade that weapon the entire way, you also have sort of uh, an explosive mechanism where any enemies near you will pretty much get one shotted because of all the uh, because of the explosion um, factor. And you know if you upgrade your weapon, that explosion is uh, Covers more covers more area, and I ended up killing more enemies with the explosion than I did with their actual bullets. So uh, that was kind of annoying to get, and I had to go through all sorts of uh, hoops to get that trophy. Um, what what I did was I ended up getting um, twenty four of the twenty five or twenty six uh, golden bolts in the game, and that allows you to have infinite ammo. So um, as soon as I unlocked the ability to have infinite ammo, I went into one of the uh, arenas where most of the enemies shoot at you, and then I used the shield, and I could endlessly use it, and that's how I finally was able to get that trophy two or three times in that arena. So, it was a little, anno- it was a little annoying, but, you know, after I got it, you know, I was uh, pretty stoked. And again, uh, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is um, easily, like, one of the best games of the year, so, yeah, there's that. Um, I also have Mario Golf Super Rush, um, but I haven't put as much time into it as, that I, w- as I would have liked. Uh, primarily because that game came out while I was on uh, on vacation in Seattle, so I've, I haven't had um, that much time with it. I played a few rounds of speed golf with my brother. Um, it's really enjoyable, but it wasn't as fast as I thought it would be. So basically, the way speed golf works is, you know, you go ahead and take your shot, and then you have to chase your ball and uh, you know be the first to uh, uh, sink your sink your putt, and um, what makes it a little difficult is the fact that even if you're the first to sink your putt, it wouldn't really um, mean you won because it adds like 30 seconds to your overall time. And that's one of the parameters for it. Uh, so you, you can either be the first to sink your putt or you can be the one to do it uh, in the least shots while using it as a multiplier in the overall speed part of it. Um, so in between shots, when you're running after your ball, um, you have the ability to sprint and there's an energy bar uh Pretty similar to how uh, Breath of the Wild worked. So yeah, you obviously don't want to over uh, overspend your energy. You can also run over hearts to refill your energy, and you also have like other abilities that'll impede um, uh, the other uh, Mario golfers from from getting to their ball. So that's 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 the fun Mario Kart aspect of it. Um, the problem of the game. Um, I don't know if like our, our, our viewers listen to like to like too many reviewers out there. The problem with the game, in my opinion, is the fact that there just aren't that many courses. Like I think this game only has six courses in all, and the original Mario Golf on the N64 actually had eight. So it's like there's a bit of a content problem there, and um, you know, obviously this can be solved with DLC and stuff, but we don't know how often uh, Nintendo plans on doing it if if they even plan on doing it at all. I mean, they could do it. What they did with the Super Mario Party and wait two years to do it. So, uh, you know, we 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 just don't know what's 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 going to happen there. Um, I also got involved with the uh, the RPG mode. It's it, it's sort of something that you have to play because it's it's really the only way to unlock uh, the additional courses in the game. And mm-hmm. um, 
so far, like it's it's about as corny as you'd expect. But uh, the reason why I'm not particularly enjoying it is because uh, it gets a little overly handholdy at the beginning, um, which could be useful or not. I mean, like if if you've played a Mario Golf game before, you pretty much already understand the nuances on, on how to play video game golf. Um, but uh, the annoying part are all the conversations you have with the NPCs because, uh, as funny as the written dialogue is, it's it's just like um, uh, beyond kiddish when uh, you're talking to example you you're talking to for example a uh, hammer brother and with every line of dialogue he says hey 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 I'm like wow um, every character has like uh, two quick uh, two quips to say with whatever it is they're saying and like they do it with every time you uh they do it every time you press a so uh it's rather annoying um i haven't looked to see if i can turn that off but it's 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 just i don't know it drives me nuts um so yeah uh it's it's fun for what it is it's definitely more fun as a multiplayer game um but if you thought this game would be better than something like uh everybody's golf uh it's not and it's also more expensive so that's uh, a bit disappointing there but Again, um, I do like this game a little more than um, Mario Tennis Aces when that came out. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be able to tell you if Mario Tennis Aces had, had, had any sort of meaningful update uh, from the time it came out till now. So if you're sort of hoping for the same thing from Mario Golf, like, I don't know what to tell you there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like a two and a half, three star game as far as I've played. Um, I haven't reviewed it yet or started it until I finished the, uh, the adventure mode, but that's pretty much uh, my lukewarm take on that. Uh, most of my weekend this weekend has been spent playing uh, Doki Doki Literature Code Plus. Uh, I got a review code from for the game uh, late last week and got my chance to play it now. Um, I've played this game before, so then none of this was really new to me. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Doki Doki Literature Club, it is a um, visual novel uh, that came out on Steam a couple years ago, and it was free. And you know, it it kind of has the vibe of a of, of a harem visual novel, and uh, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's 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 like that way for about thirty minutes, and then uh-huh. after that, uh, shit hits the fan. Um, I'm not oh, going to yeah. go into great detail about what goes on because Doki Doki Literature Club is definitely a game that, or it's definitely an experience that I believe like everyone should play, no matter like what kind of genre they're into. And also, like its its creator uh, Dan Salvato, he's just like a really really wholesome guy. I I met him a few years ago at the Crunchyroll Expo, and he's just really just th- th- this shy dude who really really loves video games. If you follow him on Twitch, all he does is um, speed runs of Yoshi's Story, uh, trying to get all the melons, and it's 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 hilarious watching because it's like you know, here's a guy who made like one of the biggest cult hits in Steam history, and like mm-hmm. the game he plays is Yoshi's Story. So it it just goes to show like you know how crazy our minds can be and stuff. But yeah, um, anybody who's played this game, and I can tell with with Brandon's reactions, uh, knows that uh, this game is beyond twisted. Oh, Um, yes. When you uh, play the game, there there is a forewarning at the very beginning saying that uh, this game is not suitable for children. You know, there are things like uh, suicide, anxiety, and uh, things of that nature in this game. And it happens all pretty quickly at a point where you think things are at its sweetest. So, uh, that's the kind of trauma you can get from this game. And uh, what makes this um, an upgrade over the original is the fact that it comes with side stories. And these side stories are actually all really, really good. Um, there isn't really a whole lot of gameplay involved. All you really do is just sit there and press X and absorb the story. 
But um, the reason why I like it is because it adds a whole lot more depth to the four girls in the story. And um, they're all really, like, pretty essential to everything. Because, like, you know, uh, you have this... Um, you have this false image of like you know trying to woo one of them, even though that that doesn't actually happen in the game, and um, it just gives you an idea of how the actual literature club uh, was created, what kind of bonds these girls have, and it gives it a really really wholesome feel. Um, and this game or the main game is anything but wholesome, so it's interesting to see that sort of aspect with it. And uh, in addition to all that, um, you know, this, this game is uh, available on, on all consoles. So on PS4, PS5, and uh, Xbox, they all support trophies and achievements. And that's what I spent my time doing. And I only have one trophy left to get to the Platinum. And then I noticed that uh, apparently the uh, trophy is bugged. Uh, because this game actually, or this trophy actually requires you to get every single image within the game. Which pretty much requires you to... Um, you know, do everything there is to do. And in addition to that, yeah, uh, there are some luck-based ones uh, to um, pull, like, certain images or poems that you wouldn't see, and um, the way to get them is to play through it, and you have, like, a 1 in 11 chance to get whatever they are. So, you know, uh, there are chances to, like, pull the same poems over and over. Uh, that's what makes this Platinum Hellish, and I probably won't get it, but we'll see how it goes as soon as they, 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 they patch it, so... I'm not sure there. Um, is it worth the fifteen dollars? Uh, I'm not completely sure. I would say yes if if you haven't uh, played it before. But I think the original game is still free on Steam. So if you want to head and, if you want to go ahead and go that route, that's great too. Um, the game is also going to come out physically uh, sometime in the next couple months for thirty bucks. So if you're a huge uh, DDLC super fan, uh, you know you have that option as well. But uh, I think fifteen bucks is an okay. Uh, entry point uh, for this game and i wouldn't be surprised to see it like go down even further you know sooner than later just because like people know that this game started out as freeware so there's that um there is also like a few secrets in the game that pretty much hint at uh what uh, team salvato is working on next which is something that's been like debated over the last couple years and since the game came out uh so that'll definitely feed uh the hype train there and um yeah, um, I've I've definitely been enjoying my time with it, but it's 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 pretty much uh, over at this point. So again, it's 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 a full on recommendation for me. And uh, last but not least, I've started uh, Scarlet Nexus. Um, mm-hmm. It was going to be between that uh, Monster Hunter Stories two or uh, Psychonauts, uh, but I figure since uh, Scarlet Nexus is a little newer, and I noticed that it's actually shorter than the other two games I want to play, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give it another try. Um, I'm not really far at all. Uh, the demo on Xbox is uh, what I played first, and uh, th- the point I'm in the game is kind of like split off from that. Like uh, the demo actually uh, led you through the beginning tutorial as well as like a short mission followed by a boss, whereas uh, the actual game has you do the tutorial and then the story goes on from there. Um, so with Scarlet Nexus, you have the option of using a male or female character, and both stories are actually uh, different. Or, I mean, it's the same story, but you also have the different perspectives. So this is one of those games that you pretty much have to beat twice, uh, similar to like uh, Nier Automata. You know, you beat the game with 2B, and all of a sudden you have access to 9S. It's the same kind of deal here, but you know, this this, this also isn't Yoko Taro, so I don't expect it to be that crazy. Um, but yeah, so far it's been solid. The uh, combat has has uh, the combat's the same. It's it, it's pretty good in this game. 
Um, but I still have the complaints of the cutscenes um, not really being cutscenes. Like, you know, um, it's not like a, a game like Persona or Final Fantasy where you're going to see everything be totally active. Uh, you really just see JPEGs go on top of each other, which is a stylistic choice. But I'm also, I'm also sure it's a, a bit of a lazy choice so that we can do less animation. And that's really unfortunate because, like, you know, this is going to be one of the first uh, next generation uh, JRPGs available. And the game looks mm-hmm. and feels good in regular gameplay. So when it goes to cutscenes that are, that are supposed to look better and more dynamic, they don't. And uh, to me, that's, that's disappointing. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm expecting Monster Hunter stories in the mail, and I'm actually playing the demo. Uh, or I, I was playing it right before the uh, podcast started, so I'll probably talk about that next week. But that's been about it. All right. All right. So, yeah, let's get to some lineups for the new subscription services. Uh, yep. Since we missed some of that last week. Uh, for PlayStation Plus, uh, we have a... Let's see... For the PS5, there's a Plague Tale Innocence. Mentioned that earlier. Uh, you yeah. just get the PS5 version, not the mm-hmm. PS4 and PS5 version. Yeah. Uh, but that is a good game. Uh, oh, yeah. It was in my top 10 last year, I think, when mm-hmm. it came out. Uh, very much in the uh, vein of like an uh, action adventure kind of game. Nothing really too complicated about it, but you're uh, taking control of this character, Amicia. Uh, who is sort of the the heir to the lord of her uh, area uh, in France as the like plague is about to hit, which is characterized as like swarms of rats uh, that almost kind of flow like, you know, a flood of sorts in areas. Uh, so there's a lot of stealth as you're trying to take out the soldiers that are hunting for you and your little brother who has some uh, interesting ability that's happening to him uh there's also elements of uh puzzle solving and such where you're trying to get through these areas uh, either without being detected or uh, when you're in these sort of plague areas as you're trying to direct uh, rats around to give you room to get through areas that kind of stuff uh pretty well done uh, maybe not the most polished or most uh, impressive sort of visuals or anything, but uh, the game itself is well worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the PS4, there is Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Uh, came out a few years ago. I think also you get access to Blackout, which is their Battle Royale for that game that mm-hmm. did not make it over to Modern Warfare, which just started Warzone which has become huge as a result, despite uh, how much storage space it requires uh, for that. Uh, So you can check that out. Uh, There's also WWE 2K Battlegrounds, the Mm -hmm. sort of WWE version of their uh, was NBA 2K Playgrounds, I think. That is sort of the arcade-y game with, uh, like, this game is the one that, the art style is maybe not the greatest for some of these uh, wrestlers. Yeah, um, this the most flattering look for a lot of them. This game wasn't really meant to be an antithesis to uh, NBA. Um, it was primarily made because um, WWE 2K didn't have enough a- um, assets for them to restart, so they decided to just make a new one with that. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
for, 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 for what it's worth, though, that game is pretty fun, like, as a party game. So if anybody has even, like, the most remote interest in a WWE game, that, that, that there is some fun to be had with that one. Yeah. So you can check that out. And as well, there's Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. It's also available for this month up to, I think, August 3rd as when the next month starts. So you can still check that out if you have not done so yet. Uh, which is a pretty decent month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited about the uh, Plague Tale release. I actually bought that on Black Friday, but haven't had a chance to play it. And uh, now that we know a sequel is coming out, you know, sometime uh, it's next year, right? Um, but yeah, now so. that it, it's a PS5 release, uh, looking forward to eventually finding time to play this one. Uh, it's it's pretty short, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not too bad. I forget how many mm-hmm. chapters it is, but it's maybe like ten to fifteen hours. Yeah, cool. Unfortunately, um, you know, my my I'm having to deal with the hard drive on my fucking PS4. Yeah. So I'm kind of stuck right now. <laughs> yeah. They but then the, the, uh, the, the, the PS Plus version is, is actually the, the PS5 game, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you can grab that and it'll be ready for you if you ever do get a PS5. Uh, Brandon can't play it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least for <laughs> now. I, I am going to go on Amazon and buy me another hard drive and I can go ahead and install install it myself so hopefully not for much longer yeah yes five game though yeah yeah and so, I'm gonna have to just deal with shit i guess there we go yeah but yeah for playstation now uh there's quite a bit of stuff here uh the highlights let's see there is red dead redemption 2 is back on here uh for a bit until november 1st and it's only a download. They're not allowing it to be streamed, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is the same for GTA Five when I was on there earlier. Uh, Neo Two is on there now mm-hmm. as a permanent edition. Yep. Uh, there's Moving Out, which is also a permanent edition. That is sort of like what if uh, what's the cooking game, the co-op one. Overcooked. Uh, yeah. It's basically what if that, but it's about moving. Uh, oh, moving out or yeah, yeah, gotcha. moving out. Yeah, uh, where you're able to play with friends and move shit into the truck or uh, out of it, whatever. Uh, as a bunch of weird stuff happens. Uh, there's God of War, is a permanent edition, so you can check that out. Uh, finally, uh, Judgment is on here until October fourth, mm-hmm. so you can check that out. Uh, a recent edition, uh, Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, uh, which is which just came out a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So pretty good time to check it out as the Olympics are starting here in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, and then there's NASCAR Heat 5 mm. as well. It's, a, I think, a permanent edition. So uh, a lot of stuff there, some pretty good stuff. Uh, Definitely worth checking out if you have uh, PlayStation Now. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. And let's see. Let's get to Xbox. There's Games yeah. with Gold for this month. Uh, for Xbox One, there is Planet Alpha. That is available now until the 31st. That is sort of a survival game. Uh, you're sort of on an alien planet. It's about as much as I know about it. As we don't have seen for a while. 
I might have that on Steam because I think they might have accidentally. Uh, no, it's Planet Explorers. Okay, that's a game where they accidentally deleted the multiplayer code from their backups, from their NAS for their other code, and just mm-hmm. gave up on the game, made it free, and just said, "Well, we can't recover from this." Uh, but Planet Alpha, I think, is uh, not that at all. It's more polished, full of release game but very much in that survival style uh let's see starting on july 16th there's rock of ages 3 make and break uh the newest game in that series uh, but not being published by atlas uh i forget who the company is that's publishing it i think it might be modus games or something like that mm-hmm. uh yeah continues that uh tradition of weird sort of uh monkey ball meets like a tower defense kind of thing is you're competing against another person that's trying to uh, roll their boulder and break through your door, but you need to try and break through theirs faster and put uh, obstacles in a way to throw them off. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, you get story missions that are our story cutscenes that are kind of uh, Monty Python-esque in their style, that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, available until August 15th. Uh, for the the older stuff, there's the original Xbox version of Conquer Live and Reloaded uh, from July 1st to the 15th, uh, which is the sort of Xbox. Uh, it's kind of a remake a bit. They remade all the visuals mm-hmm. so that he is really furry. Mm-hmm. Really went on all in on the fur tech. Oh, that, yeah. That it kind of doesn't look good in a sense, uh, the way they did it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's more of that, but with multiplayer, uh, online multiplayer. So you can yeah. check that out. That might not be available for the Xbox version. Mm. Yeah, it's just local multiplayer or split screen. Uh, there's that. The other game, it's available on the 16th mm. to the end of the month is Midway Arcade Origins. Uh, for the 360, that has a bunch of the old games in it. Seems like 30 games. Uh, a bunch of the stuff you would expect. Mm-hmm. As well as some of their, their weirder stuff. I'm not sure what all these are. Just looking at the screenshots. Uh, but there's a yeah, decent amount of stuff. Spy Hunter. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you're into some of the older Midway classics, uh, mm-hmm. that'll be one to check out. So. A pretty oh, okay yeah. month there. Nothing really stands out from this month. Uh, but decent enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Conquer uh, Live and Reloaded is pretty cool. Um, for what it it's is. worth, though, uh, the N64 version, honestly, like even though it's old as hell, it's it's aged pretty well. Uh, yeah, I I a couple that. weeks ago, it still feels good. Mm-hmm. And so on, on Xbox, you know, it can't feel much worse, right? So yeah, good for them. Uh, only problem I have with the Xbox version is they bleeped out a lot of cursing. Which is really strange, right? Because, you know, you would think that the Xbox would be a more mature console. But, uh, oh well. Yeah, and I guess the... I was trying to think if it was in the Rare Replay collection, but I guess that's the the original Conker's Bad Fur Day. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out there if you want the the uncensored version. Whatever that means, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's get to the Game Pass. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's not a ton on this list. It might be just announcing more later. 
but the stuff they have here for this month, uh, let's see, they got the cloud version of Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, let's see, also on the on July 8th here, Tropico 6 for cloud console and PC if you have EA Play uh, elsewhere or Game Pass Ultimate on uh, Xbox Series X, S, 1, whatever. Uh, you can get UFC 4. Mm-hmm. Starts playing now on July 8th. Uh, let's see, Bloodroots is on here, which is a... It might be a roguelite. Mm. Uh, I know some of the writing was done by Nick Sutner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a roguelite. On that, that is a, a, an action game. A really nice style to it and all that. Uh, from, I think this is the studio's first game. Mm-hmm. Or no, they did one before called Fat Mask. Arcade Puzzle Brawler. So yeah, this one's their second game. Uh, definitely a, a big upgrade there. So you can check that out on the 15th. Uh, Farming Simulator 19, available cloud console and PC. Uh, so you can do all that fun stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the medium is coming to the cloud. Uh, if you have not been able to check that out. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they're also doing their their beta for uh, the xCloud stuff on PC and Apple devices now. Uh, trying to see, it seems like the A Plague Tale Innocence updates. Uh, for uh, the new consoles is also happening for that version on the Game Pass. I just mentioned some other updates here for various games. Mm. Yeah, so nothing really too big there, but Rhythms are saying that uh, the first two UFC games EA Sports made are coming down from EA Play, mm-hmm. which is weird. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that uh, seems pretty decent. They're kind of breaking those up enough. It's kind of hard to get a a full list of what all is coming for the month. But uh, pretty decent. Let's get to some game news. Um, one here that uh, is pretty interesting is Genshin Impact is hitting 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing really like groundbreaking is happening here, but. Uh, part of the 2.0 update is they're adding a new area. Yeah. That is, I think, Japanese-influenced mm-hmm. in style. Uh, Inazuma. Yeah. That is uh, an island, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's going to so... be interesting to see how they portray it, considering that, you know, uh, you know, it's made by a Chinese company. Yeah. Huh. That'll be interesting to see how that is all brought into it. Uh, there are also uh, three new characters that are coming in. Mm. There are three new companions that the players can hang out with. There's Kamisato Ayaka, Yoimiya, and Sayu. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I don't think those are ones you can collect, but also part of this update is cross-progression between PS5, PS4, PC, and mobile. Mm-hmm. Between all the platforms. I think from what I've seen from other people uh, looking at this, that if you already have a PC and a PlayStation account set up on their backend, you can't link those two. Mm -hmm. You have to link them to a new account. Mm. 
So if you're hoping to be able to move back and forth between PC and PS4 or PS5, uh, having played both, uh, you'll have to start a new account on the PC version mm. or PS4 or PS5 version, which that's be a bit harder to do because uh, I think all the saves in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a great way for them to handle this stuff, but mm. it's not really a huge surprise. Mm. So yeah, there's uh there's more info in the uh in the post there, so you can check that out. But uh, it seems like a pretty good upgrade. Yeah, or update, adding some new areas and such. Yeah, can't wait to explore it when I get my new hard drive. So <laughs> yeah, until then. Yep. Uh, what you can do in the near future on July 21st is the Witcher Monster Slayer. This is their mobile game that is very much taking what Pokemon Go does, but making it more like the Witcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can, you know, run around, find monsters, fight them, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're not yeah. as cute as Pokemon are, but uh, they are, there's a lot of uh, other stuff like uh, taking on quests, uh, finding merchants, all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of more of a, ARG version of The Witcher, I guess, for all the good and bad that might be. So I'll be curious to see how people take to that. I'm not sure if I'm going to be uh, grabbing that right away, depending on how big it is. I don't know. Uh, but that'll be out on iOS and Android. So there's that. Uh, coming out July 28th, there is the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters of 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. I think the first two games are $12 and three through six are $18. I think they have pre-order discounts for them right now where you can get like 20% off mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, so you can get a little bit of an extra discount there. If you want to just pre-order all six games, it's something like 74, 82, something like that. Yeah. Uh, a little bit under 75 bucks. Which is a lot, especially for people that might be used to things like the Mega Man Legacy Collections that are like 30 bucks for, you know, six games, mm-hmm. something like that. But obviously Square is not going to be that generous mm-hmm. not with these games. They have not priced them that way on mobile, and they are definitely not going to do the same here. Uh, but people have been looking at the screenshots they put up for uh, those first three games. I've very much been noticing the so-called, uh, what do they call it here, modernized UI, as in text font and all that. Uh, not very happy about that uh, because uh, they go from the sort of black boxes of the original uh, with the big sort of pixel text uh, font uh, to this very mobile style font where you have these big blue boxes and in the the, the left corner... Uh, you see, like, the the text of whatever character you're fighting or talking to or whatever. It's just really small and uh, squished together. Mm-hmm. And the way it's like, this isn't even really using the space you've created uh, for this text very well at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, much less having a font that fits the graphic style. A uh, bit more of a pixel font would be more pleasing to... 
the people that are coming to this having played these old games or like in the other games, whatever. Uh, that seems to be a controversy here. It's just people being very annoyed at the thing they probably expected Square Enix to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially yeah. in light of how expensive they are and how bare bones these ports are because they have none of the extra content they've added in <sighs> to the various ports over the years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a pitchfork carrying gamer at all. Like, obviously, I'm a fan of uh, Final Fantasy and its history. There is some slight interest uh, from me um, on this entire package, except, you know, I have no interest on playing them in Steam or any of that. But yeah, as far as the font goes, what's really mind-boggling about it is, like, you know, when I'm looking at this screenshot here on PC Gamer, it looks like a really bad Photoshop job. Um, and while I can definitely see visual improvements to the actual uh, pixel art itself on the actual gameplay part of the screenshot, what's really mind-boggling is, you know, you look at the uh, damage that the third guy is getting. Here it says six hits. Like, look, it's it's fine there. It's stylistically all right. It's probably what it was, uh, uh, the way it used to be. But then when you look at the menu, it's just really, really bad. And honestly, if the entire thing... Uh, copied the same font that the numbers are using on the menu, I wouldn't be mad at it at all. But, like, this aerial or whatever it's using for, like, you know, uh, the names and the the, the attacks, it's, it, it doesn't look good. Like, yeah. uh, people hire UI and UX guys for this. And it's not like Square doesn't have any good ones. I mean, if you look at Final Fantasy VII Remake, no one has this complaint. So I don't see why it's so hard to, like, really... Uh, centralize what they're doing here. Yeah, it's they seem clearly, you know, originating on mobile where this stuff would not be taken up. These boxes would not be taken up this much space. Yeah, I mean, these not are actually worse than the, mo- than the mobile text. It's it's yeah. mind boggling because it has to fit a you know twenty some inch you know 1080p to 4K screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's just a lot more space, and they just don't really do anything to make it fit that. Or just look like the the rest of the game does, and it's just kind of this is the thing they do with every single release they have, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't really improve it other than them saying they're going to do that for Legend of Mana remaster. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they maybe come back to these and allow the option to have more original style, you know, graphics. But it's just wild, especially just come in and say, like, give us 75 bucks for all six of these games. Yeah. Uh, when we haven't put in the extra work to make the whole package look as good as the the art does. Mm-hmm. And especially them not having the extra content that is in the, the other versions of the of these games. Yeah. I mean, I can be like an apologist for like, you know, the the IP that they have, but at least games like, you know, Final Fantasy 4 to 6 Advance, you know, didn't really have this problem. The only thing that that they they messed up on was uh the censorship. So, I mean, it's a big deal, but I don't consider that as big a deal as unfortunately a font choice, but I don't know. It's it, it's bizarre here. And on on the other hand, you have uh, Enix, which is also a part of Square Enix. You know, uh, re- remaking Dragon Quest three using the um, using the two D uh, HD or the HD two D engine. Um, I, I I don't know. Like the the brain trust at Square Enix is just like we we always talk about the weird uh, Nintendo decisions, which we'll probably we'll, we'll talk about, talk about in a bit. But Square is just as bad, if not worse. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm um, looking up the screenshots for the Dragon Quest ports on the Switch. And it's like the, the art. I forgot about the, the art for the battles and all that. Not looking great, but the text looks like mostly fine. Uh, it's not, you know, pixel font to go with the pixel graphics, but it's also bigger because it's made for a screen that is, uh, you know, six inches or so. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not great either, but for what it's worth, they're also more fairly priced. Yeah, those are like five to eight bucks mm-hmm. uh, for those. And Square is not going to do that for Final Fantasy. Mm. They'll do that for Dragon Quest because these three games do not have the pull that, you know, the first six Final Fantasies do. Yeah, as evidenced like by them the... charging 75 bucks for that whole bundle here. So. Yeah. The stuff going on with Square, like, just kind of reminds me about how WWE is run. Like, you know, Vince mm. McMahon will go ahead and favor the big guys in his roster or the people on his roster who have been there for decades and decades. But when it comes to the new talent he's acquired as good as they are, or the talent that he's gotten from WCW or ECW, they're just not going to be as important. So, you know, you look at uh, studios like Enix within Square at the same regard. It's just they, they they just don't treat them any differently. I don't know if it's because like, you know, the the leadership at every studio is just being like trifled by uh, what's going on at Square Enix. But I don't know. A lot of it just it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know if it has to do with like the way Japanese companies are run, but it's just weird. Yeah. So yeah, there's the there's the the latest on these Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. I think the others. It's supposed to be happening at uh, a few weeks later, I think. I'm trying to look if they have dates on the others. Uh, okay, maybe not yet, but I think they're not supposed to be that far behind these ones. Maybe like late August or early September, something like that. Mm. Uh, so you won't have to wait too long to be able to check out uh, four or six if those are the ones you want to check out. Uh, Let's get to something that you will be able to check out in August. Ghost of Tsushima's Director's Cut Mm -hmm. uh, is arriving on the PS5 and PS4 on August 20th. Uh, Along with the the upgrades they mentioned here, there's also an expansion Mm -hmm. to Iki Island, Mm. uh, which I looked at the map uh, for uh, that area. And this island is about the same as the like first act area, which is a sizable chunk of land. Uh, they don't really get into too much as far as uh, story stuff here, uh, just more Mongols being there. Uh, but I imagine uh, sort of like some of these uh, expansions that we've had for uh, the various Sony games will probably be a bit tighter in terms of uh, what all you can do, how much... There is, but they mentioned that it, if you're coming in fresh and haven't played the the main game before, that stuff will open up as you uh, get to Act 2. So that's kind of where that is story-wise. There's uh, another place you can go. There's probably extra people you go to to go over there. But, uh, yeah, part of this uh, coming to PS5, uh, they announced here that there is a Japanese lip sync for that, uh, that the uh, they can sort of render cinematics in real time. So that cutscenes on Ghost of Tsushima and Iki Island. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, PS5 now offer lip sync for Japanese voiceover versus having, you know, two different sets of cutscenes for whichever audio you want. Uh, so that is one of the new things. It'll also be taking advantage of haptic feedback, adaptive triggers on the dual sense, all that kind of stuff, uh, enhancements to the 3D audio, improved load times, which is not as impressive here because that game had incredible uh, fast travel times. Uh, for PS4 games, it's maybe three, four seconds you have to wait uh, for that, but better resolution uh, and yeah, 60 FPS and all that kind of stuff, as well as they are going to be doing more uh, content for Ghost of Tsushima uh, Legends. Mm. Uh, so the, the multiplayer mode, they'll be adding some more stuff to that. Mm. But yeah, what you're paying for is just the uh, the new stuff for the PS5 version, so the dual sense, the 3D audio, load times, 4K, 60 FPS, all that. Uh, the lip sync option uh, for that. You'll also be able to transfer your save over. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, the new E Island content is available beginning in Act 2. Mm. So if you've already passed that part, you could just jump right into it as a new area. Uh, let's see. Also, alongside the director's cut, there's going to be a free upgrade or a free update that will have some new stuff for the game. Hmm. Uh, let's see. That is uh, new accessibility options for alternate controller layouts. The option to enable a target lock-on during combat, sort of Dark Souls style. Uh, and they say, and for the person who tweets at us all the time asking for an option to hide your quiver during gameplay, yes, we'll be adding that too. I think that's because when you're in these spots where you're kind of squeezing through to get to areas that just clips through Mm. because it's, you know, it's not a thing that they would ever try to adjust to make it make sense for getting through there. So they just let you turn that off. Yeah. Apparently the one person that's super annoyed about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The updates to the legends mode will also be free as they keep going with that. Uh, so there's that, and yeah, the cost is going to be the big thing here uh, because, yeah, there's uh, you can pre-order just the if you don't have it yet, you can just pre-order the game on PS5 or PS4, 70 bucks on PS5, 60 on PS4. Uh, I think you can pre-order the, the Director's Cut upgrade itself. Mm. Yeah, you can pre-order the upgrade for 20 bucks to the Director's Cut. If you're staying on PS4, uh, on top of that, if you're going to go to PS5 at any time, you can pay an extra 10 bucks for that direct upgrade. Mm. Uh, so that's $30 total there. But if you're already on a PS5 and just want to pay at all once, uh, you can just pay 30 bucks for that upgrade, uh, which makes it a pretty uh, expensive upgrade uh, for that. Uh, and one that's just kind of be unnecessarily complicated. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should just make it thirty bucks uh, both ways, because uh, if you're going to get to PS5 anyway, uh, might as well just pay for it and just say you get this on PS5 and PS4. So mm-hmm. the people that paid, you know, cheaper for the game for a physical version or whatever used or whatever, it's like don't worry about trying to get everybody to f- seventy bucks or whatever. 
on that is maybe the one issue I have here is just kind of making it weirdly complicated just to upgrade to this mm. new version of the game and making the, the PS4 to PS5 upgrade also a cost. Mm. Well, the, the, main, the, the main thing here is the game isn't even a year old. So um, as far as like seeing any real price drops, you know, it's the odds are pretty slim, though, though Sony does rather uh, discount their games pretty quickly. But I think the main reason why you're seeing it this way is, uh, for all intents and purposes, this is uh, the PS5's answer to Xbox as far as smart delivery goes. Like, you know, unfortunately, the PlayStation 5, its biggest weakness is the fact that things just don't come out, um, out, out, out of the box just working as opposed to everything on the Xbox Series consoles. And um, at the end of the day, because, you know, uh, Sony doesn't have that, uh, the uh, Xbox Game Pass ecosystem and things like that, they're willing to just go ahead and charge. And if people just go ahead and buy, you know, they're just, they're just going to continue it that way because this isn't the first um, uh, director's cut edition that we're getting this year. Like it's, it's happening with, uh, you know, Death Stranding, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them do the same thing with Last of Us. Like um, a lot of these games, again, like aren't even a year old. And uh, the, the, the main way to just really make it work on PS5 is to really just pay for it and have less of the less of the headache. I mean, I mean, like uh, part of the struggle with games like uh, Spider-Man Remastered or even like Jedi Fallen Order is uh, the fact that even though they offered like either free to cheap upgrades, they were it, it was like you have to go through all sorts of hoops in order to make it work. And that's just because the PS5 UI is the way it is. I don't see that changing anytime soon. And yeah. Um, I'm not saying like Sony is right or vindicated in doing it this in doing it this way, but like unless they suffer in sales because of it, I don't see them changing their their tune on this one. But I think that they could just streamline the way that you can do the upgrades here. I think that's my main issue is sort of having this. Oh, you can pay twenty now for this director's cut, but it's still only a PS4 version. So if you want it on. PS5 native version. It's also another ten bucks on top of that, or you can just pay the thirty bucks all at once. It's like just make it all one cost mm-hmm. for all the extra content because the even with the the smart delivery stuff, you're not typically getting extra content on top of that uh, like this. Like you're not getting an extra expansion uh, and some of that. You are there. You're, you're getting a whole new island here. So I mean, really like with the typical smart delivery upgrade mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's just you just get the pure uh, visual and whatever back end stuff upgrade uh, for the game itself versus, you know, getting extra content that this is. And like messaging wise, they could have just made it a lot easier on themselves instead of having these. Uh, you can. Uh, if you've already bought that, then you can do this, and or you could just do this other thing. It's like three different options. Like, just make it one payment option, and that's it. Make it much easier on yourself, uh, PR wise. So just being a little bit. Uh, I mean, they 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 could have also just locked everything to the seventy dollar game. Yeah, but I think they realize that the. Cause I think part of this is also getting everybody. Like some of the bonuses you get are some of the stuff from the <clears throat> digital deluxe edition. That's like an extra ten bucks there to get like director's commentary and art book stuff and that kind of stuff. So uh 
it's weird the way they're yeah. doing this. It's I mean it's I, I think the main reason why it's complicated is the, is the fact that like you know uh, not every has not not everybody has Ghost of Tsushima along with the fact that not everybody has a PS5. So they have to try to find a way to like um, bridge them both together. And yeah, um, I, I understand what you're saying with the whole you know keep it all one price thing. But mm. at the end of the day, they're also still adding value to the package here. Like you know you have you have yeah. like you know you, you have those new quests. You have totally upgraded features on on the PS5. On PS4, it's a little more complicated. But you know, I don't see why people on PS4 just can't find the cheaper copy. Those are still being sold. Yeah, so, yeah. I was looking. It seems like they've delisted on PSN the base game. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and also that? a few weeks ago, I don't know whether it was a mistake or not, but uh, Sony Store actually had the game for for fifteen dollars, which was way below MSRP for that one. So maybe blowing out the the base game could be copies before they had a new one to come in. Yep. Yeah, the, the, the few timing is actually yeah pretty that. interesting. So like you know, aside from the from the price confusion, um, my brother uh, recently got a PS5 and he he's been waiting to play Ghost of Tsushima, um, and he asked for my copy. I did not buy a physical copy. I actually got a uh, got one digital because of the pandemic last year. And now that he knows that we have this version coming out, uh, it's 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 just simple. We'll just go ahead and grab that new one. So yeah, yeah. And like, oh, I mean, uh, all again, all of the price stuff aside, this is definitely an, an update I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, granted, I didn't put much put put much time into Legends, but I am definitely looking forward to exploring more of Tsushima. Love that game. There's a reason why it was our game of the year last year. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of uh, Jin. Um, it's gonna be a little weird though. Like uh, I said, this I said the same thing when. Uh, Horizon Frozen Wilds came out, and uh, the Spider-Man DLC came out, and I didn't play any of those. But I would, I would put Ghost of Tsushima probably in, in a different category there, just because I enjoyed exploring that world so much. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be coming out in about a month from now. Uh, give you some extra content there, but uh, let's talk about paying more money for things that maybe are not. Uh, huge upgrades. Uh, the new Nintendo Switch model was announced. Uh, the Nintendo Switch OLED model. Uh, and unlike a lot of the rumors that were rampant for the month plus before uh, this was actually announced, uh, this Whoa. is not a huge upgrade. You know, there's no yeah. upgraded internals. Uh outside of a bump from a 32-gig uh, internal storage to 64 gigs. Uh, the OLED screen upgrade, I think, actually happened. But that's, as, that's the only like visual upgrade there is. It's just a nicer screen, which I think is because that LCD screen is probably harder to source at this point uh, compared to this... Nicer screen. Uh, the OLED screen is now seven inches instead of six point two. Uh, what else is here? I think it uses the same Joy Cons, and then they haven't clarified in any way to say that they're different than the previous Switch uh, Joy Cons. So uh, let's see. The kickstand now stretches out across the entire backside of the the screen. Instead of just that little dinky thing uh, where the uh, slot is for the 
mini micro SD, micro SD card is. So that is uh, good because that mm. dinky little thing kind of sucked if you weren't on a completely level surface. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, the dock. The dock has rounded edges and also has a land port uh, on it. So you can plug your Ethernet cord in there and uh, get, uh, you know, direct internet to it versus using Wi Fi, which I believe you could do on the original just buying a, you know, $15 uh, USB adapter. So for these upgrades, yeah. It is an extra $50 to make the system $350. It'll be out October 8th. That's a lot of money for maybe not uh, incredible upgrades, but the Switch is not exactly a system in need of anything really substantial to keep flying off the shelves. This just enables them to have a way to sell a version of it that's a bit better. Uh, for even more money, so this will just print more money for them. Uh, either of you interested in this thing? Go ahead, Brendan. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's weird for me. So uh, I'm somebody that played my Switch probably a little bit more on handheld than I did docked, and then the pandemic happened, so I played it more docked than I do handheld. So um, I'm a bit indifferent. Um, I do like the uh, changes, especially with uh, with the you know with the, uh, with the obvious OLED screen. Um, the screen is of much higher quality. It's, it's brighter. If, if you play with your Switch outside a lot, there's no better option. Um, and the kickstand is fantastic. Uh, I, I I can't even like begin to talk about how brittle um, the OG kickstand is. And you know they, they they talk about it being a feature, and it was more of a laughable thing than it was a feature. Here, it's it's actually a real feature. Um, but the thing that actually impresses me the most, aside from the OLED screen, is the dock. And um, I don't know if the OG Switch can be charged on the new docks, but those new docks are awesome, um, mainly because you know they won't actually scratch your screen the way the original ones would. I'm not even worried about like the uh, the curve or like the Ethernet port. I I I don't even use an Ethernet port on any of my main consoles, so uh, that's the main thing there. Um, is this something I'm interested in? Yes. Is this something I want to get on day one? Probably not, but I could I could be suckered into buying a Zelda version of this of this machine. Uh, do I want a 4K version? Of, of of course. I mean, it's obvious. Like when you watch that uh, when you watch the uh, direct a few months ago where they featured um, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, that was struggling. Uh, you watch a lot of. Uh, directs now like you're seeing a lot of games on the sizzle reel just not looking very good and you know they would definitely benefit from some more power i know breath of the wild 2 would and um yeah but if there's anything that that nintendo's good at it's uh, maximizing what they can do with uh, the little amount of resources they have but yeah as far as the value goes um I mean, I think 350 is just about right. I mean, like, yeah, $50 is a lot of money, but OLED screens aren't cheap either. So compared to what we have on the Switch now, it's, again, it's a whole lot better. And again, like, Nintendo has the numbers. We're not the primary audience here. Um, the, the the primary audience are the, the people who don't have one or, like, the people who really want that OLED screen to play it, you know, off their dock. And if I was somebody who didn't have a Switch, 
yes, this would definitely be an attractive option to me. Uh, of course, yeah, you're gonna st- stand it next to you know the Xbox Series S, which is uh, priced at 300, and you can definitely get a better gaming experience there. But with the library that the Switch has and the, the library that they're uh, continuing to build going through next year, uh, the Switch isn't slowing down. So um, as far as like offering like good choices, like you know there there's all that. Um, I'm just wondering though uh, is I'm wondering if we're actually going to get a 4K Switch and how soon that'll happen. And I don't know whether it's something that Nintendo is interested in, or maybe they are, but, you know, the semiconductor shortage might have affected. I don't know. There's a whole lot of factors into that. But as far as what we have now, it's an interesting choice that I totally understand. It's coming out in October, so it'll be a banger come holidays. And, um, yeah, if you don't have a Switch, it's going to be a great option. Yeah, and it has the... The main one they're showing is the white model, uh, but there is also the sort of original style blue and red one. Uh, yep. The I think you can buy the dock sleek. separately if you just want the LAN port, which would be a lot more expensive than just buying the USB adapter for that. Uh, but yeah, the only real interest I have in this is I know the the later model of the Switch has like a better battery life, and also mine has enough like weird dings in it mm-hmm. uh, mostly on the back side of it where there's like little pieces of plastic that have broken off from just falling uh off of the little stand i have usually set it on or whatever uh then i'm like i need to upgrade this at some point i was hoping to have like a more powerful one to do that with but i don't see that happening for a few more years at this point yeah i should also uh, mention that um I got the special edition Monster Hunter Switch, which also has that upgraded battery. So if I didn't have that, I would definitely be all over this on day one. So again, like Chris and a whole lot of other people, especially at IGN and kind of funny, are in that situation where they have a launch Switch. They didn't get the one with the upgraded battery. And, you know, they're interested in that now. But yeah, again, 350 is a lot. So Yeah, and that's coming out in October, same day as Metroid Dread. Where it's where it's like uh, okay, I could get this, but then I could also use that money just to get you know four or five games uh, at least uh, for that same price. So it's like, and also how how easy will it be to just pre-order one Mm. off of uh, Best Buy or whatever? Definitely not Amazon. I'm not gonna fuck with Amazon on this shit (laughs) anymore after the PS5 shit. So if I'm not going to get it at Best Buy as a pre-order, uh, I probably won't bother until I can just order it easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be definitely a big uh, concern there. So yeah, kind of pretty much at this point, like probably not going to grab it unless somehow it's not a hassle to get one. Mm. Yeah. So I will say that, that that white look is like clean as hell, though. I mean, uh, I, I got an Xbox Series S. Uh, a few weeks ago, you know, putting that next to my PS5 and had, you know, possibly getting a Switch OLED. That's some good looks. I want to switch to a white look soon. Yeah. Yeah, because now I have the the Series S and the PS5 uh, for that. So I have my white and black consoles, and this will add to that if I were to get one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all contingent on just having. Uh, 
and ease of access to just purchasing one, whether yeah. it's shipped or I go, I can go pick it up or whatever. And then, then uh, the, the other thing though is if you're somebody considering upgrading and you already have a Switch, uh, the act of actually upgrading your Switch and like migrating all your stuff takes a bit of time. And I don't know if I want to do that twice a year considering I just got the Monster Hunter one. It's not like Xbox where everything just works. So, yeah. Yeah, so there's that whole uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the discourse surrounding the Switch for the past month or two must have been uh, pretty nerve-wracking for Nintendo PR being like, no, that's not what this fucking thing is. It's not going to do 4K or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily need to do 4K. It just needed to be powerful enough to actually run uh, Nintendo's games. Because even from day one with Breath of the Wild, it did not run that very well on the Switch. Uh, even for a game that was made for the Wii U, yeah. essentially. And that still hasn't necessarily gotten greater uh, with uh, their newer games. Like... uh what was it? The Hyrule uh, uh, Warriors 2, whatever the sequel's name is, but I believe I've read that that doesn't run super well on the Switch. Yeah. And that's the only platform it's on. So it's like, it really does need the extra power, not just to compete with the PS5 and Xbox uh, and all that, but just to run games better, because that's probably the most common thing with a lot of the ports, is just does it run well? Does it you know, run comparably to what the other consoles have. Uh, and that's generally the thing that gets a lot of people uh, to buy it or not, is whether that, you know, runs well, because it's obviously the least powerful system at the moment. And so that would have been yeah, real nice I mean, to like, have for this uh, fall. It's like something that's even just a, a nice bump uh, above it. it. doesn't have to be just on par with the a Series S or whatever. Again, like I have no idea what the numbers are uh, when it comes to Switch owners playing on docked versus handheld. Um, but the main thing is, you know, you don't need 4K on a handheld device. So, yeah. you know, uh, I guess part it from, of it was going to be like 720p still on the handheld. Would exactly. obviously be able to run it well. Yeah. Uh, looking at it from from that perspective, though, I don't think it's a lot to really hope for. You know. Uh, more RAM, you know, yeah. RAM is not expensive, uh, or I don't know if it is now with the whole semiconductor shortage, but um, traditionally RAM is not expensive, and it, it shouldn't take, you know, all they have to do is, like, add another chip in there and you have a whole lot more than, than what they had before, and you will see games run better as a result. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, this makes a lot more sense in the way that we didn't have, uh, despite all the insider leaks, there were no real dev leaks. About this thing, uh, which yeah, Nintendo actually did 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 a, did a hell of a job, like keeping this under wraps. Uh, I'm going to assume that this was something that Nintendo actually had planned for uh, the E3 presentation, but you know, places like Bloomberg really made people believe that there's going to be a 4K upgrade, and you don't really want uh, that shitting on your overall good E3 presentation. So, yeah, I also did find it interesting that this is coming out alongside Metroid, and Metroid isn't hasn't traditionally been a huge Nintendo seller. Uh, so it makes me wonder whether, you know, uh, Pokemon will get one day one. You know, I was surprised there wasn't a bundle version for that, that but that might still happen at some point. Oh, there's, there, there, there's never a bundle. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, with Metroid, just like 
we got to drag this because these games never sell that well. Uh, we could just put it with the new hotness and we'll sell at least that many copies. Uh, mm. Something like that. But yeah, there's uh, there's that. I'm pretty sure uh, Metroid will, will sell this time, though. Yeah, we'll see. There's always uh, there's always opportunities to go under, but uh, let's keep going here. Uh, Casey Hudson, former head of Bioware and uh, one of the top people on the uh, Mass Effect series, mm-hmm. uh, left Bioware a few months ago and has announced yep. his new studio, Humanoid mm-hmm. Studios. Yeah. I don't think he's uh, really talked too much about what they're doing yet. Just working on a new game, still hiring, so probably won't see anything for a while, but we'll probably have some of the elements of uh, Mass Effect in there, mm. uh, narrative choices and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, as I see him in a new place instead of just going to an established place and hanging around for a while before moving to somewhere else. Okay. Uh, but let's uh, let's get to some acquisitions. This also happened uh, in the past week or so. Uh, Sony acquired Housemark. Uh, the studio that they have worked with since, I think, Super Stardust HD on the PS3 in 2007. They've had a, a huge relationship uh, with them, funding a lot of their games. Not all of them, but uh, most of them doing some really great stuff, especially on the PS3 and PS4. And seems like this, like the, the rumors are that they were kind of working on this for about the past year and a half or so, but the pandemic kind of slowed that down quite a bit. Uh, just not being able to do any sort of physical meetings and such to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense uh, for both sides. Housemark has not necessarily done super well with their last few games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they definitely get a sure footing here. Uh, joining the PlayStation Studios family, uh, did I have to worry about you know, whether this game uh, will be their last? Uh, so that's yeah. good news for them. Uh, yeah, that's uh, been great. Uh, they also then, as the sort of uh, weird uh, announcement that they also acquired Nix's Software, uh, which is a studio that has been primarily known for doing PC ports of Square Enix games. Uh, doing that work for them. Uh, they also did the port of, I think, sh- no, Rise of the Tomb Raider from Xbox One to Xbox 360. Maybe Titanfall to the Xbox 360 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've done a lot of that kind of work. Uh, they're joining the uh, the PlayStation Studios technology group. Uh, sort of helping them work on uh Probably some uh, helping them with their PC ports they're going to be working on, but as well as just general technology stuff because Nix's software is uh, highly regarded uh, for their work on that kind of stuff. So a bit of a surprise. I think the only work they've done for PlayStation is they helped uh, Guerrilla Games with the Killzone that launched on the PS4. Mm -hmm. Is that Shadowfall, I think? I think Uh, it was. That's the the one that they helped work on. So there's a little bit of history there, but not really too much. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of a surprise, but uh, be interesting to see them help help them kind of uh, sure up their 
technology part of their group. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's uh, there's that. Uh, let's get to Skyward Sword HD that's coming out here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, been a topic of uh, some discussion about sort of what they're doing to improve on this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes out uh, the... this this Friday, actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was like the the twenty sixth or something. Sixteenth. Uh, well, fuck. I <laughs> anyway, so it don't really matter. But uh, yeah, they released a trailer showing off quality of life changes for the game and some of that stuff. So we know about the amiibo thing, where it's kind of a a, a little bit of a different kind of fast travel system than the one that's in the game that you need the amiibo to use. Uh, but here they also talked about the ability to skip over cutscenes. So if you already played the game, you can just sort of skip past the cutscenes instead of having to watch them. Uh, what else is there? You'll be able to skip tutorial dialogue as well as fast forward through dialogue when in game. Yeah. So just constantly hitting the button to, you know, show me the rest of the dialogue, then move to the next thing. I think you'll be able to just fast forward through it mm-hmm. more quickly. Uh, another way that they are uh, streamlining things is making it so that when you pick up an item for the first time, you get that bit of dialogue saying like, hey, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only time it'll show up. Yes, thank Instead God. Instead of doing it over <laughs> and over again. Yeah. So that you know that this rupee is worth five rupees that you mm-hmm. got. Uh, so that'll be nice. They got a new autosave feature. So it'll save a little bit more often instead of you having to pay attention to that all the time. Uh, they're also improving the help aspect with, uh, was it Fee? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Fee is there when you're when needed and appears in cutscenes, but you'll also be able to summon them manually if you're looking for guidance on where to go next. So they've improved that part of it to get some help if you're sort of lost, you're not sure what to do next. Uh, and they also just talked a bit again about the uh, the ability to play it without the motion controls if you want. Uh, though I hate that part of the game that of these videos because they only show the Switch Lite. It's like show me it on a Pro controller. So apparently, depending on where you're looking at uh, this game on Nintendo's uh, sites or their eShop, uh, it says it does support the Pro controller, but on the the website version it doesn't at least in the north america but in europe it says it does mm-hmm. which is like to show it with a pro controller and then everybody will stop wondering if it's going to support it or it'd be like some of their other games where it doesn't support the pro controller but uh yeah i think some nice things nothing really groundbreaking here but i'd be curious to see speedrunners uh messing with this game because the original one is kind of just wild to see how people have broken it, where you just load different saves, just let you skip past big chunks of the game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just uh, uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah, while these aren't groundbreaking, these are definitely uh, game-changing um, improvements. Um, they've easily shaved off at least an hour of time with all the stupid explanations that the original one had. And mm-hmm. Yeah, like, in my opinion, like, just these changes alone will make it, you know, one point to a star better than the original game was. Um, honestly, all I'm looking forward to now, when I, cause I, I, 
I've pretty much decided I'll, I'll go ahead and get it on day one. Uh, all, all I'm interested in seeing now is how like the sword play actually feels with the right stick. Um, yeah, we don't know how fluid it'll be. Um, if if I were to compare it to anything, like just based on what I've seen, I'd probably compare it to a game like Phantom Hourglass, where all of the sword play was done with via the stylus, where you could just tap or swipe or whatever it may be. Uh, Skyward Sword really focused on um, the accuracy of the uh, of the Wii Motion Plus. Like you know, if anybody remembers, they upgraded the Wii con- the Wii Remote so that they can. Um, you know, give you different kinds of diagonal to horizontal to vertical swipes, uh, top to bottom, bottom to top. All of that actually mattered in the game. And it'll be interesting to see whether it can be just as fluid. Because I, I, I definitely see, you know, uh, making strokes on the stick and it following you. But will the, like, if, if, if I were to rotate the stick, like, you know, 180 degrees to the left, uh, is the sword actually going to follow? I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this uh, how this does with a second chance from people, because the the original game either had a sort of a negative reception or just no reception because most people weren't buying Wii games at that point when this came out, and it seems yeah. like the the few that stuck around either really this was loved easily it or didn't uh, like it. This was easily one of the most anticipated. Uh, games on the Wii for core gamers, but most of the people that had a Wii were beyond casual. Yeah, at that point, that was kind of like people were ready for the next uh, system, uh, which at that point was the 3DS around when this came out, so people were more looking forward to that than getting uh, Skyward Sword, another motion-controlled Zelda game, even though it was improved in some ways over Twilight Princess. Yeah. But uh, see, the, the shame is, uh, the shame is, uh, there were a lot of things about Skyward Sword that were like really good ideas, um, and pulled off. Uh, uh, some of them were actually pulled off really well, but it's just those, those, uh, that small group of irritants just makes the whole experience a slog to deal with. Yeah, yeah, they they made it. I mean, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I mean, I would say it's right. They they rightfully made it for uh, the casual gaming folk, but it's not them who played this game. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. Let's uh, let's get to some more news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, WitcherCon happens, and one of the the few bits of game news is that the uh, next gen uh, upgrade of The Witcher Three Wild Hunt is going to be happening sometime this year. Uh, for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. Uh, they showed off the, the new box art for it, but also revealed that there's also going to be some free DLC coming with it that is inspired by the Netflix show. No real details beyond that, but uh, so there's going to be some additional content in this new version of the game. So I'm curious sort of what that is, if it's going to be skin stuff, New outfits to fit what Henry Cavill's wearing and all that. Uh, that'd be interesting to see. So, who knows? But at least we know that's supposed to be happening at some point this year. Maybe it'll be released alongside the, the start of the season two. But uh, we don't know. So, there's that. Uh, let's get to some couple of bits of not great news. Uh, Ubisoft uh, put out this uh, 
report about their various things uh, about the studio, but one of them especially is that they uh, have, uh, let's see, they have, yeah, uh, talked about how there's kind of a, uh, a likelihood of them losing a lot of talent because they have not handled the uh, sexual harassment and abuse uh, stuff uh, very well at all. There's only been uh, a very small amount of people that have seen any sort of real repercussions to that. But it seems like a lot of other people have gotten by without really anything happening to them in a way that just kind of killed a lot of morale for people in the studio or in their various studios. Uh, which is not really a huge surprise if they're not going to really do anything about uh, these issues. And yeah, the people that are most concerned about that stuff are not exactly going to be willing to stick around uh, as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this it's, I mean, when you let shit like that fester for decades, I mean, you know, you kind of poison the whole enterprise, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, you ruin a lot of the uh, the goodwill that you know the people at the top saying they don't tolerate this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of ruin all that goodwill that that those kind of messages have when people can see, like, well, you'll tolerate it up to a certain point, mm-hmm. uh, but anything up to that point is a okay as far as uh, any sort of discipline is concerned. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, not really a huge surprise, and yeah, it's definitely made it. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how this, uh, how their sort of workforce changes over time as they, as the fallout of this, this whole kind of botched uh, Me Too movement within the Ubisoft mm-hmm. uh, world has kind of uh, affected their sort of staff. Because attracting new people in is probably not going to be as great as they could be. So it'd be interesting to see if if there is much of an effect at all. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if, if I were to look, look for a job at Ubisoft, like it would be something that you know I would ask about in an interview. But you know, as far as things like getting rid of like studio leadership in order to like maintain that safe space, but as a result, having your game suffer because like these same people were probably in a position to actually impact the game in a meaningful way. It's just, it's just really, really complicated. Um, uh, I, I don't envy uh, anybody in Ubisoft that's uh, going through this situation, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm wondering like what kind of other solutions they can have in order to really mediate what's going on now, because this has been going on for way too long. Uh, but at the same time, you know, let, 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 let's let's go ahead and say they get rid of Eskimo. That doesn't solve anything because you still have the people there that were doing it in the first place. So I don't yeah. know, man. Yeah, it's it's especially tough with a company that has as many studios all around the world. A lot of their games are made with you know the collaborative work of a thousand plus people. It's definitely hard to manage that stuff as well as uh, you would like. Which is why you have, you know, your higher ups and your HR and all that, but they're not necessarily going to do the right thing that often because they're not there to do the right, the best thing for the victim. It's for the company. Mm. That's uh, 
the reality of that stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, even if you look at it from that perspective, like a lot of companies strive to have like a great forward face, especially with good PR and HR. But at the end of the day, like I'm sure you guys experience it in your own companies, whether or not you're in the gaming industry, that nobody actually wants to do the stuff that HR tells you to do. Um, and you know, when they start uh, affecting your own deadlines, it's 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 kind of their fault too. So it's all rough. Yeah. So. There's that whole thing. The Ubisoft situation has not really improved as much as people would have liked, especially for how they talked about it. Uh, but let's get to a situation that has really gone down the shithole. Oh, yeah. The Intellivision Amico. Mm. So it had a very weird E3 presentation that did nothing to really make it seem like they were uh, a console that people should be interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little bits I did see of it were very much like, whereas a bit where Tommy Tallarico is like, oh, thank you to E3 for having us. Like, dude, you guys paid for this slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no, like, oh, they thought you were worthy of having this slot. It's like, you gave them the money they wanted and they said, okay, you can do this uh, kind of thing. And then the whole thing just seemed very amateurish the way they presented it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when there's the whole bit of a situation where they're doing a Earthworm Jim 4 and Doug Tenapple's not uh, in a great spot as far as his reputation anymore for Mm -hmm. most people. Uh, Those that maybe Mm -hmm. are huge fans of Earthworm Jim, maybe ignore that part of it. Uh, But they've tried to distance themselves saying like he has nothing to do with this game or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then during this video, having the, uh, the uh, whole thing that uh, they are like giving away these posters or, or artwork posters with the team signing it. And you can see plain as day, 10 apples signature on there, that kind of thing. So it's like, okay, you guys aren't really as interested in this yep. as you say you are. But then people dug mm. further, and uh, part of this article is about how uh, the dev portal for the Intellivision Amico had some sort of security leak or security issues. Uh, so somebody was able to get onto the site and pull this out. Uh, a bunch of information about it. It very much is them being like, we want to have the next Wii. So it's not a very powerful device. Uh, and there's like bits about how the Wii U failed. That kind of thing. And wanting to do, you know, the Wii U the right way, which is why it's, you know, you have a controller with a screen on it. it has motion controls like the Wii did. Some of that stuff. There's like some of the games you show have look kind of neat for that kind of interaction, but nothing like that makes me want to spend, you know, 250 bucks for this thing. Mm. Uh, they're not. And the way that Tommy Tellerico reacted to this is to threaten to uh, sue the the writer of this article mm-hmm. uh, for reporting on information that was publicly available as a result of their own security leaks, like alleging that you know the 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 images that come out of there where it has like you know do not distribute this kind of thing, like oh we can sue you because of that. It's like no, that's not how that works. This is publicly available 
you know, information at this point, you can't sue people for uh, reporting on it. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Like I can like they could copyright these documents, and mm. that's just very silly. And he eventually deleted the tweets because, rightfully so, they're probably the the lawyers that they do have for Intellivision. <laughs> so I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Stop trying to fucking threaten to sue people over things that have no viability in court. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then people decided to dig into things now because this idiot decided to you know open up his mouth and say this dumb stuff and figure out, okay, on Twitter, he follows a lot of the right-wing uh, idiots that if somebody that is a Trumper uh, that you'd expect them to follow. Mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, all those kind of people. Uh, to which some people dug up, you know, posts of his on, I think like Atari Ages forums and other places of him referring to people as like gaming racists and using Jesus. various kinds of things that... Uh, Terms that like the right uses, right wingers use, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, to the point, like even people bring this up to him on Twitter. He's like, "Oh, I follow Obama and uh, Bill Maher and these others, so I'm just trying to hear from both sides." And it's like anybody that knows where these people are at on the political spectrum, especially Bill Maher, is like they're not representative of the left. In the way that Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro and these others are of the right. Mm -hmm. And if you are interested in just hearing both sides, there are accounts that will show you what these people are saying without necessarily having to have your feed filled with, you know, anything they write, uh, retweet or like or whatever. So if you're directly following like Mm. this many people, you are in line with their thinking. Also, apparently, lately he's been calling the Switch the rape console mm. because of the sort of visual novels that are on it. Mm. Uh, that, as far as I know, nothing that risque to them. Uh, definitely very anime in their style and all that, but nothing to the degree that he is trying to make it seem like there's a bunch of hentai games and all that to allege that, you know, like we're the family friendly console because Nintendo's. Switch has all hentai on it. And mm. all this kind of shit. It's like, this guy is a fucking idiot. Top to bottom. And as well as uh, the people that he is uh, talking to for various promotional things for the Intellivision. Also being uh, big right-wingers. Mm. Uh, you know, that are on the, the gaming YouTube side that do lots of uh, talking about, you know, women and such as like, these are not great people to associate your brand with. Mm. Uh, but also your brand is so non-existent of importance that nobody really expects anything big out of them anyway. So it's just merely the people that look into this stuff. Uh, definitely have plenty to be critical of this whole thing. As well as just all this shit that's like, this guy's an idiot. This console's going to be terrible. There's almost no reason to really take anything they're doing seriously. And Tommy Tellerico is basically 
decided for whatever reason to trash his own reputation uh, with this whole thing, just for the sake of being able to say that he's helped launch a console. Mm-hmm. Maybe for future work, I don't know. Well, I mean, as far as trashing his reputation goes, I mean, if you're familiar with Tommy Tallarico, yeah, obviously he's one of the most successful video game composers in the world. He's done a whole lot for the industry, including creating things like Video Games Live. And mm. he, he he did like uh, my my first favorite uh, video game TV show in a an Electric Playground. Although he was also an asshole there too, which yeah. to me makes this stuff like even more hilarious because the whole thing about like suing someone over what someone posted on Twitter or or reported on is hilarious because Talarico is technically one of like the first gaming journalists slash uh, what's it called influencers out there. So I'm like, dude, you did the same shit like 20 years ago. Calm your ass down. So it's it, it's it's all hilarious to me. But yeah, this guy is he's he's been digging his own grave for years. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's also sad he's like dragging down the Intellivision name with it for his whatever that is. But uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna fool some people into buying this thing, but not as much as they think, because he keeps sort of acting like they're gonna be you know a revolution or whatever mm-hmm. uh, for family friendly gaming and you know not having DLC or ways to upsell people on these games, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the way that sort of modern console gaming is, but it's like people have gone through this with mobile games and all that, and yeah. they're more than fine paying for microtransactions and all that. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because if you're giving them the games for free, they're more likely to do that stuff. It's like you're not really fighting anything that's not already mainstream. So the way that people experience games at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's just kind of uh, taking his own train ride to hell. Yeah, pretty much. So hopefully he enjoys the ride, I guess, because everybody else is going to watch the crash at the end. Yep. And I guess they had they just had an event yesterday at some sort of Crayola thing. Mm-hmm. Like I had Intellivision demos there at some building they own. I don't know. I keep seeing people mention this and and his uh, feed there, and I'm like, mm. God, this is... It's just weird shit. So yeah, good luck, Tommy. Nobody's going to give a damn about what you're trying to sell. Mm. So you decided to just shit everything, uh, shit up everything you're doing. So yep. have fun with that. <sighs> but yeah, let's get to the last bit of news here. We've got uh, the state of play. Mm-hmm. That happened earlier this week. We'll kind of go through a bunch of this stuff because a lot of the Trailers were just like, oh, this is a thing we've shown you before. Here's like a little bit more information. Uh, usually launch or some extra gameplay or whatever. But uh, kind of move through these a little bit quickly. But there's the the big bit of new news mm-hmm. is Moss Book 2 was announced for PSVR. Mm-hmm. No real date or anything to that. Uh, but it is uh, a sequel to the original game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very good PSVR game. No real dates or anything here. Yeah. So it might even be for uh, PlayStation VR 2, for lack of a better name for it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that could be a ways off, maybe until their next 
set of VR stuff. So that's pretty neat. Uh, let's see, there's Arcade Again. Yeah. The new game from Ilphonic, the makers of the Friday the 13th game. Yep. And the Predator Hunting mm-hmm. Grounds game. Those are sort of 4v1 multiplayer games. Yeah. Uh, but unlike that, this is kind of more, from what I've read, uh, a bit like a Risk of Rain or a, a Returnal, mm-hmm. but it's like a, so, a solo or co-op kind of game. Yeah. You're kind of going going through uh, these uh, these areas, taking out enemies, usually working with people. Uh, they might oh. take a break uh, midway through if you're playing with other people to do like a quick PvP game, uh, something like that. Like the whole premise is that a, an arcade is getting shut down. And so everybody's been sucked into this weird like mishmash of all these games, I guess. Uh, I don't know. But uh, from what I've heard, it's pretty good. It's just maybe a little rough because it's you know just entering early access as it's out now. Uh, PS5 and I think Epic Game Store. Mm-hmm. It's on 20 bucks to jump in now. But uh, I've heard pretty good things about it. It's sort of uh, something that's a bit of a different kind of thing from this studio. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, let's see. We got another trailer for Tribes of Midgar, just about mm-hmm. what their post-launch plans are. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they announced like their their first season of content sort of stuff. Uh, so you can check that out if you want more of that. Uh, we did get sort of our first gameplay footage of Fist Forged and Shadow Tech. Yep. Or Shadow Forge, Torch. Forge. Yeah. Uh, PS5, PS4 at September 7th. That looked pretty good. Yeah, this is. Uh, I think I first saw this probably earlier this year. Uh, it's from yeah. a Chinese. It's another uh, game from a Chinese studio. So it's like another one of those example. You know, the Chinese gaming market sort of slowly, you know, expanding out into the international market along with you know Genshin Impact. Um, yeah. And yeah, it definitely looks really good. Yeah, has a nice uh, side-scrolling action game kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. That's coming out pretty soon. Uh, also coming out pretty soon, Hunter's Arena Legends, which mm-hmm. very much kind of uh, did not really stand out as like a, a visual style or anything. It just looks like a battle royale game where there's more melee focus to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of combat, uh, but a lot of uh, silly costumes and such and sort of to help this game go along. It's mm-hmm. going to be on PlayStation Plus uh, for its launch on August 3rd. Mm-hmm. I think it might be launching outside of that on August 6th. The article mentions both dates. Or the title of the article is different from the URL. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. I think it's August 3rd. So otherwise, it's a multiplayer game. Unless it's free to play for some reason. I don't know. But uh, there's that. Uh, let's see. There's Sifu. Mm-hmm. Which looked really nice. Uh, yeah. The trailer kind of announced that it's not coming out this year anymore. Oh, it's going to be like for early next, yeah, early 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did get some more actual gameplay details with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mentioned in the article that the because every time you died, your age ticked up. If you're wondering from the trailer, like what what is going on there? Uh, but they do mention that uh, that is sort of in the tradition of the sort of. Uh, uh, karate kung fu kind of movie like the the older you are the more wiser you are generally the more you know and the 
skills and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as, if you die, you kind of get older. Uh, you might get more like strands of gray hair uh, on your head, that kind of thing. And yeah, you get more powerful, but obviously there's going to be a limit to that. Uh, as I say, you cannot age eternally. However, eventually you'll become too old and have to start your path again. So I think it's got a bit of a roguelite element to it. Yeah, uh, There's maybe a limit to how much you can die. Uh, how many sort of second chances you get. Uh, but yeah, you don't get weaker as you age in the country like the old masters of classic Kung Fu movies. Mm-hmm. As the main character becomes older, they have more experience, skills, knowledge to apply to the fight. Like a true Kung Fu student, to reach your objective, you will have to improve through practice and perseverance. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's a pretty neat aspect of that trailer to reveal. And so curious to see more of that uh, when that comes out next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um... I'm really hoping that it's not a roguelite because it's it's something that I actually want to see through till the end. But, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. But um, as for the delay, uh, they did mention that they did this to pretty much avoid grunge however possible. Um, and, that, yeah. and that was the only way that it would uh, come out in 2021. So by all means, take your time. Make it great. Yep. Uh, the next game that was shown was Jet the Far Shore, uh, the new game from Super Brothers, makers of Sword and Sorcery. Back in the day, uh, we got to see actual gameplay of this, which looked pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's kind of more uh, exploration, uh, you know, uh, adventure kind of stuff where you're in the ship, kind of looking around and discovering things, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like to... No Man's Sky, in other words? Probably not to that degree. Yeah, probably. probably. A, a more manageable sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do they mentioned there's like no combat to the game really but I think you will run into uh, hostile creatures yeah you'll, such, you'll run into situations to... where uh, the, the aliens or oncoming traffic will want to kill you and you just want to try to avoid them in the most uh, most graceful way possible when I, when I yeah. saw this trailer with Chris like it really reminded me of uh, Journey with a little bit of like uh, the, the roguelite aspect of uh, other uh, flight games so hmm. this is definitely this is probably one of uh, the most interesting games in the presentation. So if you haven't uh, saw the trailer, definitely check it out. It, it looks really reliant on uh, exploration, and like I, I kind of uh, understand the No Man's Sky vibes, but it, it's nowhere near that as far as like um, uh, the overall production. But it does uh, seem like it blends old school and new school in a in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Uh, we got to see some of Demon Slayer, the Hinokami Chronicles. Mm-hmm. On PS5 and PS4, October 15th. I think that is a fighting game, but it has like a campaign mode in it. So they showed a little bit of that, which looked pretty neat uh, for the way that it works. I'm not sure if the combat in the uh, in the multiplayer stuff is similar to that, but it looked uh, pretty neat. And it's an anime game not being made by Bandai Namco, so that's something. Uh, one of those managed to slip out of their their grasp. Yeah, uh, definitely one of one of the uh, bigger ones. Um, but yeah, Sega has no slouch on that either. They've they've done Soccer Wars. Uh, I don't think this is an RPG though. It, it looks like it's somewhere more along the lines of the uh, Naruto uh, Storm games. But um, again, we we we, we got to see more. But Demon yeah. Slayer is a huge license. Yep, that'll be out in a few months. Here, uh, also shown some more of his Lost Judgment uh, coming to PS5 and PS4 on September twenty fourth. 
Uh, nothing really too much there, just more uh, weirdness from the, the story stuff. Uh, Dinner was like surprised by that because what he's played of judgment wasn't that weird yet. Yeah. So uh, granted, I, I haven't going. I haven't played that much of it, but they definitely went uh, balls to the wall with the yakuza craziness here. And oh yeah, honestly, like I wish that the uh, that the state of play was more about this game than it was Deathloop. But you know, yeah. But I think the success of like a dragon has probably convinced them to be more upfront with the weird stuff before launch mm-hmm. as people have kind of gotten more used to that stuff. Yeah. It's just being presented with the serious, you know, uh, story stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they're kind of being more upfront with like, Hey, there's still the weird stuff you like from, you know, like, like a dragon, mm-hmm. uh, like dance modes and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, there's that. Uh, then, it showed another option for that day. Death Stranding Director's Cut is coming to the PS5 on September 24th. Yep. Uh, it has a bunch of new stuff in it. A lot of things that are you know, intended to probably make it uh, a bit easier to get into if you're not sold in on the concept yeah. of the game. Uh, things mm-hmm. like, you know, there are better like skeleton things you can wear to hold packages instead of having to you know balance all the time uh Mm -hmm. as well as like just like weird metal gear legs that you can just ride around on or yeah you can just have one just carry a bunch of stuff for you and run around Mm -hmm. Uh, those are actually like all technically those are already in the game they're the automatic deliverers yeah. Uh, problem is, is that they usually don't deliver the cargo in very good uh, quality. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of part of the joke. Really. Yeah. Um, it seems like they're more useful here. Yeah. Uh, there's like a package cannon that you can now do. Yep. Fired over gaps and shit, whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the roads you can build into racetracks. Yes. Just do racetracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Got new weapons. Yeah, new weapons, different types of guns, and better mm-hmm. melee uh, and hand-to-hand stuff you can do, as well as like a drop kick. So yeah. there's that. Uh, they also confirmed that the special Half-Life and Cyberpunk 2077 content, as in the PC version of Death Stranding, are also coming to the PS5 here. So you can get like a little head crab hat to wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Sam Porter Bridges mm-hmm. uh, to make him look dumb, if you want. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's a Kojima game, so... Yeah, yeah there's yeah. that. Uh, the nice thing they did is that for all this extra stuff, there's there's new story missions and all that kind of stuff, and they're like massaging the stuff into the, the campaign, so it's not like... Uh, you know, like, if you get, like, ball out uh, with all the DLC, you just... As soon as you get out of the vault, it's like, oh, here's this, 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 this. It's all been unlocked. That mm-hmm. kind of thing that a lot of these like uh, special editions of games and such yep. do, where it just unlocks everything from front. And you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Uh, there's like massaging a lot of this stuff in so that you experience it around the time you would need it mm-hmm. or maybe want to do it. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you can upgrade to the PS5 version uh, with all the, you know, It'll use the dual sense and all that kind of stuff. Uh, 3D audio, faster loads, which is good. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, performance mode with upscale 4K and 60 FPS or fidelity mode in native 4K, mm. but at the like 30 FPS it has. Plus includes ultra-wide support, mm. which is, I think, the first of any of these new console games to support ultra-wide, mm. uh, which is 21 by 9 aspect ratio, uh, which is a ridiculous ratio uh, aspect ratio to have on a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the monitors for that are just just so weird to see. Yeah. It's like if I decided to merge my two monitors here that I use for my PC into one, Mm-hmm. And like just play games that way, which is it's a novel thing, but it's kind of neat to see it happening on consoles. But uh, if you're already on the PS4 version of the game, you just pay ten bucks to upgrade to the PS5 version mm-hmm. and get all this extra stuff. I don't, and I think you can transfer saves over and all that kind of stuff. So there's that, uh, and you can buy any PS4 version at any point to get the upgrade. So it doesn't have to be just for launch or whatever. Yeah. They word uh, it a little bit weird here, but that's what yeah. they're saying. Yeah. So anybody who's interested, uh, just go read my review of the original Death Stranding on Smashpad. Um, if just to see if you know if this is the game that you know if this is something you might be into, because like I say in my review, I greatly enjoyed my time with it and loved it to death. But I absolutely understand why others don't. <laughs> yeah. It is a very idiosyncratic title. Um, yeah, it's it's an engrossing game for what it's doing. It just may not be a subject matter that speaks to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, talked a little bit about it while we did the stream a few days ago. And yeah, I mean, uh, I was looking forward to it. Eventually got it in my hands and I was just not immersed at all, which is weird because I love walking simulators. Uh, I'm I, I like avoiding combat, but then the combat in this game just got a little weird, and it was just not fun going through the actual Death Stranding parts. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, this upgrade will be enough to like make me want to try it again, but you know what? The price point's not bad, and I could be fooled to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be happening here in just over two months. Mm. Uh, so that'll be good to see. And they ended it with a good sequence of uh, gameplay for Deathloop is out September 14th mm-hmm. uh, for the PS5, kind of showing uh, maybe not a full like session with it, but a pretty good chunk of it to kind of give you an idea of like what you're looking to do in this game. Uh, as you're making a full run, you're taking down all of the the main bosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's super flexible in the way that their previous games have been. Uh, for Arcane, but uh, it seems pretty flexible in terms of ways that you can maybe approach uh, getting to certain areas. As they definitely highlighted things like, oh, you can just hang out here and uh, listen, and you might hear people like talking about uh, totally normal things like how to break into uh, this area if you can't get a ticket to get inside. You know, totally normal things that uh, NPCs talk about uh, mm. the combat looks pretty good. It seems like a lot more gun focused than uh, maybe you would do for their other games, but uh, you know, a lot more combat focused and all that, but a lot of uh, sneaking options as well, mm-hmm. and distractions and such you can use to uh, give yourself an advantage. So it looks pretty good for what it is. And the weird thing I think 
people have already seen what the figure out what the file size is for the game where it's like 16 gigs mm-hmm. uh which is kind of wild for how uh for this being like a ps5 game uh, a pretty big game as well uh but not really huge surprise because they're not really a studio that uh makes like huge expansive areas mm-hmm. and such that would take up a ton of space on like a hard drive especially if they don't have to repeat a bunch of uh assets in it so that would look pretty good as like a final bit of uh big marketing for the game before launch because mm. uh, i expect there won't be any sort of other big things other than just you know launch trailers and that kind of stuff leading up to launch but nothing too huge but just seemed like kind of the thing they would do because it got delayed once more mm. it's like all right we'll do one last like big blowout for this uh for sony's end so that looks pretty good and also just highlights how busy september is because there's four games just in this showing in this show that are coming out that month mm. uh, within about two and a half weeks of each other so yeah, for as much as the fall maybe or maybe doesn't seem that huge yeah uh, for releases like it is pretty busy here all right so yeah that is uh that is the state of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good show. Uh, but for the, the weirdos that uh, somehow got in their heads, it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be Final Fantasy 16. Now they're going to show this and that and all this. And it's like, no. That's why Nintendo and Sony generally ahead of time try to tell people like, hey, here's what's going to be in it. You know, this game's going to be the feature. We're going to have, you know, some other stuff, but nothing, you know, too huge. Or else they would highlight it. Because when you say, like, hey, there's going to be stuff here, people go off the deep end, especially with Nintendo Directs. That's why Nintendo oftentimes just tries to tell people, like, hey, here's not what's going to be here. Uh, Or don't expect anything big or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then people get mad when when they're actually truthful about this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of the hilarious bits. People just work themselves into a frenzy over nothing. Yeah. It's like you do this to yourself every time. You'd think you would learn at some point. <laughs> but no. Nope. And then you get mad at Nintendo or Sony for your dumb expectations. <sighs> yeah. It's like, no, you're the only one to blame for your own stupidity. So mm-hmm. that's... uh. A quickish uh, look at this past uh, week and a half or two of mm. news. Uh, we'll be back here probably in two weeks, uh, hopefully with internet yeah. and all that set up uh, to do this in a new location. But uh, yeah, for the time being, uh, thank you to Dan Rib and Brandon for joining me this week. We'll be back uh, soon enough with another slate of news. Mm. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys again next time. Have a good one.